Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Seneca Women. Rick Goings has been in the business of empowering women his entire career. As the former CEO and chairman of the multi-billion dollar company, the Tupperware Brands, Rick recognized early on that the success of his company depended on the success of women. Rick joined me at the Seneca Women Forum at the New York Stock Exchange to discuss his unexpected career path in direct selling, the business case for empowering women, and the role of men in achieving gender equality. Enjoy our conversation and stick around after for my top takeaways. I don't think Rick Goings needs much introduction. Former CEO and chairman of Tupperware, we share a love of direct selling, and he is one of the men who really gets it. We always say there are men who get it, and no one gets it better than Rick. So, Rick, we're delighted to have you here. Good to be here. So, nearly your entire career has been being in the business of empowering women, and you have seen a huge sea change in what that means over the last 10 or 20 years. Can we just start with your own journey and how you started this and how you got into the direct selling business? Mm-hmm. After school, the Navy, I started my own company, did wonderfully. I thought I was a rock star in my 20s. And then nothing I did in my 30s worked. And so Avon recruited me. And I've had people ask me, why'd you go to Avon? I said, let's see. I needed a job at that time. Um, But it was a fabulous journey. I headed strategy in New York. Then I went to Europe. Then I was a group president, Asia Pacific, opened most of those markets. Those were during the halcyon years, came back as the chairman's number two. So it was a wonderful journey. And that's where the whole thing was illuminating for me uh, of no matter what country I was in and different cultures, different religions, I would see that the power was was women. It was this hiding in plain sight kind of a thing. Fred Smith once said to me, the founder of Fed Express, he said, the way to look really smart is find a good parade and get in front of it. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, I mean, I started to see that no matter where I was in the world. And then I got recruited away for, and for 25 years, uh, ran, ran Tupperware to work with over 3 million women. It was wonderful. Well, I have to say, as former Avon person, that was Avon's loss. Yeah. But Tupperware's gain, um, because what you did with Tupperware is quite extraordinary. Um, and when you talk about being in front of that parade, you're talking about countries all over the world. Uh, have you seen sort of a difference between countries, or what have you seen in your journeys? Yeah, and that's an important question, too, because here's one of the... It, this is not a criticism. This is an observation about most events in the United States regarding uh, women's empowerment, it generally is a Western American mindset. Uh, only 4.5% of the, of the world's population lives here. And I think there is a very big need to bifurcate it and start to understanding and appreciate that, hey, the issues in, in many of these countries is not a glass ceiling. That is an issue, but it's not the first one. It's the grimy floor. It's abuse. 
Uh, it's not letting in, even being let into the economy. Uh, and that's why it needs to have a, a different conversation. And this 40 years of doing it, boys, Kim, is it sensitized me to, you can have those conversations. So we've seen actually talk about the glass ceiling and we go to Davos together. Yeah. We see still though that we're stuck, right? So we are still stuck after these 40 years. And I know uh, you've been making the business case in every corner of the world. Why are we still stuck? Well, I, th I think firstly at Davos and Milana, we worked on this with you for so, so long. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, we never had in that Congress hall even one dialogue about women's issues. And I would then go and do TV interviews and criticize Davos. And I said, Chairman Klaus is not gonna invite me back again. But then we started making headway, one session, two sessions, three sessions. I mean, there were a dozen la last year. So I think the, first, the reason it hasn't, it, it, I think, starts off with this. We need to move this away from just a narrative on social justice. Uh, social justice makes victims of women. I, do I believe there's a social justice case? Yes, but the business case is that's when people start to wake up and start to say, well, wait a minute. And so rather than all the dialogue, because so many women came into leadership roles acting like a man, I'll tell you what I did. I've told you about this in the past. Um, I'm in the largest Muslim population country in the world. We have a big business there, Indonesia. Head of our business there was a woman this time. I have each of our women leader distributors bring her husband. And I do a two hour seminar. I don't speak Bahasa, but I use a lot of AV and music and, and uh, simultaneous translation. And we did it on the difference between men and women. And we did it in kind of a disarming way that looked at, my goodness, the power of her and I'll tell you, things started to really grow after that. He started, went from a belligerent attitude to really starting to, to, to help her. So I think enlightenment is one of the things. You added a little brain science to that, as I recall. Wasn't there a little brain science in that presentation? Oh God, I take it beyond that. I said, guys, let's talk about, and I would sit on the stage and hear a big auditorium with all these people in it. And I'd have slides, I said, woman's brain, excuse me, man's brain. And I would show the size and how many cells were in it. Woman's brain. Men loved it because a man's brain is larger. And I said, not so fast, guys. Click. She scores 4% higher almost always on tests. So a more efficient machine. And then I'd get into it. What the hell are you guys doing with that? Then I would start to identify, having fun with it, that men have a nothing box. When you ask him, what are you thinking about? He says, nothing. <laughs> he, because he's not. So I hope you get the feeling. We started to have fun with it, uh, fun with it. And then we'd go through, she has corpus callosum in her brain, 30% more, which is like Wi-Fi, which means she can, she's got a right brain and a left brain and they communicate, it means Oh, empowered to multitask. Talk to a guy sometimes when he's watching a sporting event. <laughs> he can't even do anything else. At the, so we would have fun 
but that there's a redeeming quality in men. Just okay. read it. N latest studies are, there's all kinds of things in women, why she's powerful. Men are generally more romantic than women. Really? Number one, he falls in love by visual first. Who didn't know that? <laughs> Superficial, okay. But, he, uh, you know, and be attracted, but he's, but he gets to love quicker. So I, I've got to dig deeper. I just saw the, the initial <laughs> research this morning. I said, this could be fun. <laughs> well, this is direct selling style. You, you guys have to understand that oh. Rick, uh, Rick is really one of the leaders. I was actually able to participate in an Italian direct selling meeting that Rick was hosting. And I have to tell you, it was an experience. So let's talk a little bit more about the role of men. So we see that there's so much happening in the space right now. There's between Me Too and Time's Up, just a real focus. But there's a sense too that there could be a little bit of a backlash. Perhaps some men are feeling challenged and perhaps are overcorrecting in their behavior. So I've been on conference calls literally where particularly guys in the private equity world have said, oh, I'm not gonna take, there's no way I'm taking a woman for lunch and I'm definitely not going on any business trips anymore with women. So we have on the one hand, we need women to be mentored more, we need women to be sponsored more, we need to have um, leadership you know, focusing intentionally, as Carolyn would say, on rising women up. And at the same time, we have this kind of perhaps overcorrection on, on the behalf of some men. What do you make of that? Firstly, I believe it's true, an overcorrection. Uh, it, it is interesting, Tupperware globally is kind of a hugging culture. People really work with one another. And all of a sudden, I had people asking me, gosh, should, can I be hugged on stage? We said, no, we don't do that anymore. We started to get backlash. Uh, in Australia, in other markets of the world. And, but respectfully, you still have to figure out a way to do it. And that gets down to the responsibility of men, uh, responsible leadership when they're in that kind of a role. I, I've said to you before, one of the keys to success to really make it fast forward, we started this at United Nations called He for She. He is the gatekeeper of most of the jobs. Only 5% of the CEO jobs women have, only 6% of the countries of the world heads of state are women, and only a third of colleges. That's why we started to say, we want to get he in those roles and to open up and start being a mentor and a sponsor. Well, you can't be a sponsor if you don't spend any time together and get engaged in their, uh, their, their life and engaged in, in their career. And that's why my successor, she's going through a very steep learning curve right now. I turned things over two and a half years ago, but, but I w will tell you, pulled her back from, she had Latin America before that. She was 10 years in Europe. I've uh, been on many trips with her. Y you've gotta be engaged so that she doesn't, she gets the same kind of mentorship and sponsorship. Interesting study at Bain. They looked at belief of getting into the C-suite from really graduates from the better schools, men and women. It was about the same at the start of their career. Hers had dropped 50% after 10 years. Why? Number one thing, it was not the work or their home pressures. It was she didn't have the same kind of good old boys network in there, of sponsors in there. So I think we've got to manage our way through the back, the back, the he for she, the, the backlash of, of, from, from that me too, that was correct. But we've got to uh, moderate that 
because that's where the jobs are. So you mentioned the business case earlier, making the business case, and I think you've done a really good job over the last 10 years, especially from your position as CEO. I think some people would say that despite the business case, we're still having a lot of resistance. So where do you think that resistance is coming from? Mostly from non-enlightened men <laughs> who are just doing it to check the box because they're saying, oh, we're having our diversity report to the board. Oh, we look good this year on it. Their heart's not in it. Not enough of them really have had a, an illumination. You know what they almost need to do? Whatever that, was it a pill he took or a psychiatrist he went to? Remember Mel Gibson, the movie, What Women Want? <laughs> when all of a sudden he went from, oh, he could read your mind and he's trying on lipstick and hosiery. I'm not recommending that. But you really, you really have to start to understand of the power that what women bring to this. Uh, uh, Nick Kristoff, and Nick's a, a, a buddy from Davos, and his, uh, his wife, Cheryl Wudung, wrote a book, uh, Half the Sky, basically the concept that women hold up, half the sky. Why wouldn't you leverage that out there? And what we've learned is so much the power of her that her power with regard to relationship. You want to build a brand? 58% of all millennials don't believe advertising. They will believe a woman who will tell them and she'll tell a friend, a neighbor, or a relative. That's been the power of our, our company. We've got to figure out more ways to enlighten men. And that's why, like, I'm not surprised today. We have, what, five enlightened men here in the room? At Davos, we have 2,000 people come there. It's hard to get a ticket to Davos. So we put pressure on companies. You've got to have more women. They're still less than 20%. Still less than 20%. I mean, it's just, we, we, that doesn't mean in Milan, and I were talking about it earlier, it's the current track right now before gender parity is reached. What do we think? It's right at 100 years. Yeah, today I saw a really depressing article about it taking, I think it was maybe more than a century now to get women in, in, into equal positions in computer science. And it's maybe never, I think they said, <laughs> 100 years or maybe never. <laughs> well, that's where I said, fast forward, I believe business models to accelerate things, they need to be simple and scalable. And that's why I say three things I wanna see, see happen to make it, ha it happen. And Susan and I are gonna dedicate a lot of my life that have stepped down from heading up Tupperware to this uh, with women and, and children, uh, number one, to really change the mindset that yes, I believe in social justice, but missed opportunity. The hiding in plain sight uh, opportunity, 95% of the women are out there. You wanna include Europe, I mean, 1.1 billion people. There's 7.5 billion. Uh, people in the world, that means almost 4 billion women. So number one, change the mindset to how do I capture this opportunity? Two, get more guys involved. I mean, just get them involved. And it's not forced involvement, it's enlightened involvement that they do it because, gee, I never knew that. Third, and this is a big one, we've got to find out more platforms that engage women in the economy, and I'm taking this outside the US. Okay, there are about 4 billion women out there. Uh, let's see, only 25% of them are still of school age. That means 75% of the women out there 
they're never going to get STEM. I'm sorry. How do we get them involved? And that's why wonderful things, I will tell you, uh, things, things like Uber have helped them. I've seen women who all of a sudden, she was cleaning houses. I've told you about that. Yeah. And then I interviewed her and I said, are you making more? She said, twice as much. I said, well, what'd you have to learn? And she said, I knew how to drive. I knew the town. And she went through, and all of a sudden, it, it empowered her. And I went through, I always keep on my cell phone. You ought to look up sometime, qualities not measured by cognitive tests. And then you're gonna find, is you're gonna find things like self-reliance, empathy, determination, creativity. I mean, the list goes on. And many of these women who are never gonna get STEM and are over 21, they're out there. They're waiting to be discovered. That's why I love what we do. I mean, they say at Davos, they call it the Tupperware effect. You've heard me ask Mohammed Yunus this about, how come you got the Nobel, Nobel Prize? Prize? I said, we microfinance them, you do too. We teach them a, a business path, you don't, okay? And then we give them confidence. And when she has confidence in this business path, then she feels that confidence and she's empowered. And when she's empowered, she has influence. We gotta find more of these things and create more of these things. Airbnb, I mean, I keep looking. Uh, what does is, what is, uh, uh, eBay really do? It empowers entrepreneurs uh, out there. She didn't have to have degrees. I wanna keep finding these things, especially in emerging markets. Long answers, I'm sorry. No, I mean, but I'm sorry. Difficult I'm, subject. I'm sorry to the audience because I get the benefit of getting to talk to Rick once in a while and we only have a few minutes together. So that's, uh, that's our loss. But um, I just also wanna to mention to your point about speaking to men and having men in the audience, we've been together involved in the Bloomberg Equality Summit, which I know P&G is one, very involved with as well and others in the room. And we've been involved with the Bloomberg Equality Summit. And I think that maybe Stephen Colvin is here as one of those good men. Um, the reason why we chose to do that was because you're reaching, you know, 60 million person audience and a very large percentage of them are men. And so today's forum is about something different. We're trying to sort of uh, bring all of these opportunities and best practices to, these are all women corporate leaders. These are all literally leaders of companies in this room. So uh, we thank you for being here. We thank you for representing uh, a men's, man's point of view. You're always invited to anything Seneca women. <laughs> and, um, and hopefully we can learn more about what you're doing uh, in this next chapter. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rick Goings. It's always so great to hear his perspective. My top takeaways? First, as Rick says, we need to change mindsets in order to make sure that we unlock the true potential of women in the economy. This potential is hiding in plain sight, but we need to shift our thinking from looking at women as victims to viewing them as partners in growth. Second, dynamic women have always been the driving force behind gender equality, but we also need to include men. Rick is a great example of a business leader who has understood the implications of advancing women in the economy, whether that's by providing opportunities for women to start their own businesses, or whether that's by supporting women at work through recruiting, mentoring, and promotion. Lastly, we need to find and support more platforms that provide women around the world with earnings opportunities. 
Companies like Etsy, eBay, and even Uber and Lyft are taking a page out of the direct selling handbook and providing new opportunities for women to start their own businesses. You're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network with support from founding partner P&G. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, and check out the Seneca Women app free in the App Store. Have a great week.